Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's have Brother Luper. Brother Luper. Praise, Praise the Lord, everybody. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. How many is thankful you know who Jesus is? How many is thankful you know who Jesus is? So thankful for God's goodness, His mercy, His blessings, allowing us to come to His house to worship, to praise, and to magnify His name. Why don't we just lift His name up together right now? God, we love You. We praise You. We magnify You, God. You are good. You are wonderful. You are mighty. You are powerful, Jesus. We love You today. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for Your grace. Thank You for Your long-suffering today. Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few moments. It's good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord today. So thankful for God's goodness and His mercy. And I'm thankful that the Lord is in the house today, even though He is very quiet. I'm glad he's here. Amen. Because I know he's here and you can always rest assured that he is here because the Bible tells us that where two or three are gathered together in his name and we are people of the name. Amen. That's the big thing. You've got to be of his name. Amen. The Lord said he would be in the midst. And so I know the Lord is here today. And um, I'm well aware of summertime. You can feel it on the outside, and uh, you can see it on the inside. Many people gone and traveling and doing different things. I pray that the Lord would be uh, our hand of protection and keep us all safe and uh, in travels and in vacationings, whatever uh, we might be doing. I know that this week is July the 4th week. And uh, so we are celebrating. I'm not sure if everybody knows what they are celebrating, but I am, I am of certain that people will be celebrating in the wrong way with the wrong formulas. And uh, so there will be a lot of people that will lose their life uh, this coming week. And I pray that it is none of us and none of our families and connections with us and uh, we need God's protecting hand. So I pray that everyone would have a very safe week, July the 4th week. And due to July the 4th being on Wednesday night, we will be having service again here tomorrow night. So instead of Wednesday night service, we'll have Monday night church. So remember that and uh, be faithful to the house of God. And appreciate Brother Duplessis being here in our absent last week and the good reports that we heard uh, of the moving of the presence of the Lord. And uh, we did have a great week. I think it was a very productive week. And um, went to uh, Honduras, to Roatan, and uh, helped teach some classes over there for Hope Corps. And uh, Brother Jonah was in that class. and Appreciate him going. And I think it was very beneficial, felt very good in my spirit about what God is doing in young people's lives. <clears throat> I appreciate young people that has a desire to do something for the Lord. Amen. Thank God for young people. 
But I'm always thankful. Every time I go out of this country, I'm always thankful for the time that I get to come back. And uh, I just feel, I feel better. I just feel better when I, when I touch down in Houston. There's just something about it that makes it feel better. And uh, <clears throat> the other day we flew in back into Miami and it felt good, even though that's part of Cuba, I guess. Uh, but it felt good to be uh, in Miami. I knew I was, I was back home safe. And uh, thank God for America. Amen. I'm proud to be an American. Amen. I'm proud to be an American. And anybody that is not proud to be an American or to go to a country where they'd be proud to be whatever they are. And uh, I, I, do, I do agree uh, with the president when he talks about America being great. And uh, that's his first priority. Now, a lot of people disagree with that. But um, I believe our home is our first priority, and uh, that's what we ought to think about first, and we ought to think about the long-term effects of what what a decision will make in our home. But I'm glad I'm glad to be an American. I'm thankful today as we we celebrate this week. Um, I'm thankful uh, for this country, the founding fathers of this country, and uh, the great vision. Uh, that they had, still laws that they wrote down way back then are still good for us today. And uh, the great Constitution. And and uh, God has just been good to us. And I tell you, when you go to a third world country and you see the hardship and the things that they suffer on a daily basis with no hope and uh, no way out, it makes you even more thankful. We were just born in a good place. And, uh, you know, it's nothing that we have done. It's just by the mercy and the blessings of God. Not that we are greater people. We just have a, a chance to be born in a great country that gives us opportunities to become whatever you want to become. And if you choose to be a bum, it's a choice that you make. Amen. I believe that because the opportunities is there. And it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're born rich or you're born poor. You're born in a country where you can succeed. And I am thankful for that and I appreciate God's mercy and his grace and um I I would encourage I encourage this and I encourage this amongst my preacher friends that that you need to take your you need to take your children to a a mission field and let them see just what it's all about and the the hardship that people face and uh, that we would have a greater love and a great burden to spread the gospel to these foreign countries. So uh, I am glad to be home, thankful for God's uh, protecting hand. I want to remind you of some things. All the puppeteers going to junior youth camp, please sign up on the welcoming desk. There is a sign-up sheet there. Don't forget that. Also, all of you going on the youth trip, today is the last day to sign up for that. Uh, so please do so today after service. That list will be off of the welcoming desk tonight after service. So you need to get your name on the list if you're going. If your name is on the list and you've changed your mind, please mark it off the list where we won't uh, be anticipating you going. The cost for that trip 
uh, is $80, and you're responsible for all of your food. So remember that. Uh, that's the cost of the trip. And so then uh, get ready for youth camp. Youth camp is right around the corner. Man, who would have thought it? It's already July, and uh, the year is passing by very quickly, and it's almost youth camp time. I encourage all the young people. It is of the utmost importance that you go to youth camp. And uh, if you are youth camp age, you need to be there. So remember that. And uh, there will be sign-up sheets next week on the welcoming desk for that. Uh, so remember that. Also, there is a boys' club outing, ages 6 to 12. And uh, younger than that needs to be, and uh, needs to be 6, all right, 6. And younger must have a, a present, a parent or an adult present uh, that is responsible for that child. That's going to be July the 14th at 1 o'clock until, it says, at Brother Derek and Sister Lisa's house, bring life jackets. There will be water activities. So bring life jackets. Not only bring them, but wear them. It is necessary that you wear them. And so please sign up for that on the welcoming desk also. And uh, choir practice tonight at 515. So remember that. Some of them are gone. So all of you that are here, uh, be faithful to choir practice tonight at 515. So I want to bring to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart uh, for this service this morning. And uh, I, I want to uh, do my best. I know it's kind of quiet in here. And uh, so I'm not going to try to make you shout this morning. I'm going to try to uh, stir our hearts to where we'll have a desire to do more for God today. And uh, I feel this uh, very strongly and uh, this week. And uh, I want to share with you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And verse number 15. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15. I'll read one passage of scripture there and uh, then we will get into the word of the Lord. <clears throat> the Bible says um, in Mark 16 and 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. To every creature. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and ask God to help us today. God, we love you. I pray for your help. I pray for your leading and guiding hand, God. I pray, Savior, that you would give me the words to say. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me to say those words, that you would anoint your people to hear your word, to receive your word, and to respond to your word. We pray it all in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, everybody clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord bless you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. I believe that, that it is of utmost importance that we, as a people of God, would understand 
the hour that we live in. Brother Cooper was making mention of this just a few moments ago, that, that things that we read in the news and things that we hear about uh, is pointing to the day and the hour that we are living in as it growing close to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, I think it's very foolish for us to stick our heads in the sand and try to ignore the signs of the times. As I read in the Word of God, we can find in Matthew chapter 24 where Jesus' disciples ask Him in saying, Lord, what shall, uh, when shall the end of the world be? And what shall the signs of Thy coming? What, what is indications that, that, uh, it is drawing close, that the hour is nigh? And so there is many things that, that Jesus told His disciples. I think one of the greatest things is what He started off with. And He started out with, take heed that no man deceive you. Deception is very strong in the world today. It's very real. It's something that all of us should be aware of. It's something that all of us should be concerned about. I can remember as I listen uh, to these testimonies today, it was so good to hear these testimonies for some of the elder saints of God that's lived for God many years. And it seemed like the theme or, or the vein was thanking God and giving God praise for truth. And we take that so lightly. But when you don't know truth, it is very important to find truth. And when you know truth, it is very important to hold on to truth and the necessity of truth. And I think sometimes we have taken truth so lightly because a lot of us sitting in here today has been born. We have been raised in truth and truth is all we know. So we don't know. And and I, I feel that sometimes people that are born and raised in truth never get a revelation of the truth. And I see that working today because I believe if you, if you have a revelation of the truth, you'll love truth more than you love anything in this world. It's been said about things that we have and possessions that we have, possessions that we hold on to, and things that we have accumulated through the years that when we get to... Uh, uh, latter part of our life, we, we seem to, uh, discard them and to think that, well, I no longer need them. Just, um, uh, yesterday we pulled up into the garage and something that I had loaned out to my kids, they no longer want anymore. And so they, instead of uh, doing something and putting it somewhere where it's out of the way, they put it in the middle of my garage, which I'm very upset about that, you can see. Today, but but uh, my wife said, "Well, what do you want to do with it?" I said, "I don't care. Don't matter. We no longer need it." And uh, when we start thinking about, as Sister Angela was mentioning, you know, we bought that when we couldn't afford too much of anything, and uh, that was the first bedroom suit that that I ever bought in my life. And uh, trust me, I did not pay cash for it. I paid it out a little bit at a time. 
it had more notes than a car that I buy today. But, uh, you know, and, and uh, it meant something. And uh, still today, when, when I say just do something with it, I don't care what you do with it. Still, there's something in my heart that hurts because I know that that that, that really meant something. And that was really valuable in its time. But really, I don't need it any longer. And so we discard things that we no longer need, although we hoard a lot of things that we no, do not need either. But, but let's never discard truth. Let's never do away with truth. And I told you, you're, you're in a slow mode today, so we're going to go slow. The only thing about going slow is when I'm not screaming and hollering and stomping and sweating, I can go a long time. But <clears throat> anyway... So you'll be more fired up tonight when you come to church because the more fired up you are, the more energy that I use preaching and I can't go as long. But there, 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 there is an importance of holding on to truth because that is a sign of the end time. And you can look around you and we all been connected to people that has discarded truth. They've gotten so important and so influential and they they no longer need this and so they just discard it and move on to something else i want to tell you young people hold on to truth i want to tell you middle-aged adults hold on to truth don't be deceived because that is a sign of the end time this charismatic world is not it is not the truth it is giving people a false hope. It is giving people a false sense of direction. The Bible still says, you heard these young people quote it this morning, amen, that the Bible still says that we are to come out from among them and be ye separate. If God does not save you from something, He saves you from nothing. If you're in a... if you're in a lake or a pool drowning, and somebody comes by and says, okay, I'll save you. Did that keep you from drowning? No. What do you have to do to keep from drowning? You have to get out of the pool. To be saved from sin, you've got to get out of sin. There's got to be a change. There's got to be something that happens in your life that changes you from who you were to what God wants you to be. Amen. Sin is not going to inherit there. That's not what I come to preach. But I want to tell you the importance of truth should be so important to us that it should mean everything in the world to us that we would hold on to truth. Hold on to truth. Be careful what little bits you take out of the Bible. Because when we start taking things out of the Bible, see, this country has taken things out of the Bible until they've taken the Bible completely out of everything. Although they still still have bits and pieces of the Bible because the Bible is the one that teaches us, Thou shalt not kill and thou shalt not steal and all of these things. So that's what the Bible teaches us, but they have taken the Bible out. They have legalized homosexual relationships. I was reading in the paper this morning, and uh, one, one uh, 
I, I guess it was a movie star or singer or something, somebody very popular, some woman that, that she has come out and said that she likes both male and female. She's attracted to both. That's a weirdo. That's a sicko. That's not natural. That's not normal. I have never to this day seen a guy and I look at him and said, Woo, I'm attracted to him. It ain't ever happened. If it did, I'd start beating my head on the floor trying to get that out of my life. But, but there, you know, and, and she says, Oh, but my family is so accepting. They, they understand. I want to tell you, we're all connected to people that has went off into this ignorance, this sinful ungodliness. But don't ever get to a place where you feel like it's okay. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter how connected they are to you. Don't ever get to a place where you feel like, oh, it's okay, it's a choice. No, it's not a choice. It's a sin. Amen. You didn't get that naturally. It is perversion and always will be perversion. Look at the Word of God. Look at the Word of God. The Word of God tells us just as plain as a nose on our face that this is a sin and we should abstain from this. But when we start taking little things out, it starts growing. And if you're willing to give up part of truth, then the devil starts dealing with us about more of it until we get to a place where we say, well, we gave up that. What's, what's the use in holding on to this? This is the reason why standards is so important today. Amen. The Bible says that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel to every creature. This world is in trouble today. This world is in gross darkness today. This world is in total chaos. I don't, I don't know, well I know in my lifetime, I've never seen so much political chaos in my lifetime. Uh, you know, there's always presidents come and presidents go. It's always been, if you don't like the one that's in office, you work hard to get him out of office next time. I've never seen so much political unrest. And it seems like although parts of the country, the economy's going great, and all of these things are happening, but then you look around and we are in total chaos. I think I think that the darker the night gets, the brighter the light should shine. That that we as the church that God has called us to be should be a church that would let our light so shine that men may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Now, I believe that God has called us to be different. God has called us to be separated. But God has never called us to be self-righteous. God has never called us to look down our self-righteous nose at anyone and say, Oh, I'm holier than thou. I have separated thus thou myself from the world, and thou hast not. And so it makes me greater than you. No, you are doing it for the wrong reason and the wrong purpose. 
But I believe that it is important that we should live a life. That Pentecostal apostolic should be the friendliest people in the community. That we as apostolics should be the ones that people want to see come into the restaurant because they know that you're going to be very easy to get along with. They know that you're going to give a good tip before you leave the table. Good service or bad service, you always leave a tip. Amen. Because that is what God has called us to do. You say, God called us to do that? Yes, God called us to do that. How is that? Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 14, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. When you look different, you just stand out. And when you act different, you just stand out. When you don't do the things they do, you just stand out. That's the reason why you as a saint of God has to be on your best behavior at all times. Because everybody knows who and what you are supposed to be. And they know that you are supposed to be a Christian. And so what is a Christian? A Christian is to be Christ-like. A Christian is to imitate what Christ did and how Christ acted. It is important to us that in this dark time that we offer a shining beacon of hope to a world that is in total chaos. Amen. Amen. I, I know that there are many today that are under the sound of my voice that that have lost children in the world. I have lost family in the world. I have people that have backslid that are in my family. I have people that have walked away from truth. But I tell you today, the only way that they will ever come back is us being the light unto them that we should be in this lost and dying and dark society that we live in. You know, we as a church can never get comfortable with what we have or what we possess in life, spiritually or physically. I believe that we should, we should work to obtain the fullness of what God has called us to be and what God desires us to be. You take life in general, and Brother Dixon has mentioned this uh, earlier in his testimony that how old is old? You know, all I know is you get old a lot quicker than what I thought you would get old. And I, I, I can look back at my daddy's life and all my life that he was old. When he was my age, he was old. But now that I'm his age, that I'm not old. I don't know how that works, but it just seems to work that way. I looked at his life back in 99 that when he passed away, he was only 61 years old. Really, I thought that he died pretty young, but I said, you know, he had a good life. He lived quite some time. But looking at that from this angle, 61's not really that old. And it gets here a lot quicker than what I thought or I ever anticipated. Time flies. 
And so the process of life happens. And this is the process of life. You're young and uh, you, you start to get older. You start to get interested in people. And you start a relationship. You get married. And then you start raising a family. You start producing children. That goes on for a few years. And then you quit producing children. You know what happens then? You start a dying process. A lot of us has already entered that process. You start a dying process. And like it or not, that's just the cycle of life. Life comes and life goes. There is, there is a window of opportunity to reproduce. And then that window of opportunity starts to close. And then life starts to take on a whole new meaning. And life starts to change. And life starts to, to take twists and turns that you never thought. So we, as, as the saints of God, we can never get comfortable. The church cannot get comfortable with the status quo. Because the way that it works in life, it works the same way in a congregation, in the church. The church was made to produce. The church was made to bear children. The church was never made to be stagnant. The church was never made to be comfortable. The church was always created to reproduce. The Bible says, and he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Who was he talking to? He was talking to those who were going to be there on the day of Pentecost when the church was, the New Testament church was coming into existence. So a church that gets comfortable, a church that gets to the place that I like the size, I like the building, I like the parking lot, I like the gym, I like the property, I like everything just like it is now. Excuse me, and I don't want to mess it up. We start a dying process. The church cannot survive if it is not producing. Now, I will agree, and I hope that everyone that is in this place agrees with me, that this right here, sitting on the front, mainly the front of this building, is our first priority, is to save our children. But I want to tell you this, that it cannot stop with just who we bring into the world, but we must, as a church, bring people out of the world into the church. Amen. You look at, you look at, uh, at this, that when we, when we no longer, I, 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 <laughs> It's funny, it's funny and then sad, I guess, about the way that life is. I, I look at people that's, that's lived together and raised a family together and didn't move on into, uh, I guess what you'd say retirement age or elderly life. They start bickering and fighting with one another and, and there's a lot of them that even get divorces, even in retirement age. I'm saying, my Lord, if you survive this long, What's a few more years going to hurt? 
You know, if it's been misery and you've made it through. But, but there is things that starts happening. And this is the same thing that happens in the congregation, in the local assembly. If we stop producing, if we stop having meaning, if we stop having passion, we start fighting amongst one another. We start bickering with one another. We start picking at one another. We start like, like, like a, a, a hog or a chicken or practically any animal. I, I can remember when we were raising, I'm not comparing you to hogs, but let me use a little analogy. Brother Duplessis, he's got the chickens and ducks cornered, so I'll go into hogs. But I can remember when we were raising pigs that you, you know, you know that, that they, they dock their tails when they're, when they're first born. You, you notice that, that if you ever been to a, a, a hog farm where they're raising a lot of hogs for what they call feeder pigs into slaughter size, that all of their tails are docked. You know the reason why? Is because when they're in close quarters, they start picking at one's tail. They got a little, little, you know, a little bit of fuzz on the end of that little curly Q tail that looks so cute. And when they get it to bleeding, they actually will eat the animal until there is nothing left. A hog will eat until there is nothing left. And if they ever get a sore, they will pick at it until they totally annihilate the one. If you get one that's sick, you got to get him out of there. He's going to get down and they're going to kill him. And so this is what happens. And you know what they're doing? They're not reproducing. Their ability to reproduce is gone. Just thought that just come to my mind. But they have no, they have no future. All right. They have no outlook on life. They have, they have no goal of life. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to eat. Until I get a certain weight and then they're going to come in a big truck and they're going to haul me to a slaughterhouse. Now, I don't know if they have all that in their mind, but they have no way to reproduce. A church that loses its desire and its passion for children will be a church that dries up. You can look at them all over this country. I, I, I drove by, I don't know how many churches yesterday, and uh, coming coming back from from Houston that that had just dried up. Pentecostal churches that taught that taught the truth that that just dried up. You know what happened? They lost a desire to reproduce, and they got in. Let's just maintain. Now, I know there's all times that we have to circle the wagons and we got to hold on for a, for a storm that's coming and we've got to maintain for a moment. But God did not call the church into a maintenance program. God called the church into a revivalist program. Amen. God called us no matter how old or how young that we are. God called us to be a light unto a lost and a dying and a sick and a disgusted world that we live in. God has called us to give hope to the hopeless. Help to the helpless. Amen. 
Amen. Until we get this revelation. Listen at me. I want everybody to listen at me. I know that I'm going slow and I might be a little bit boring this morning, but I'm probably saying a lot more than what you're grasping hold of right now. That if you're struggling in serving God, you're in, you're, you're just, how long has it been since you tried to be a witness for God? Now to this point, to this point, to my knowledge, I'm thinking, I'm doing a quick, quick, uh, like mind scan. It's over. <laughs> Don't take long to scan that mind. But, but as, to my knowledge, as I think today, I can't remember anyone that, that I know that backslid when they were winning people to God. But I can think of Numerous people, I cannot count them all, that got cold and indifferent and started finding fault with this one and finding fault with that one. Finding fault with the preacher, which I know none of you would have today. And and uh, finding fault with every little thing. I don't like that. I don't like this. And they don't do this. And they don't do that. And find, I saw, I've saw untold numbers of people that backslide and you wonder what happened you know what happened they lost their passion to be what god has called them to be and in the process you not only lose your soul you you lose your entire family soul but it is important to us today church that we stay on the offensive how many's ever heard the term i know all of you that that pays any attention to sports, has heard the term, the best defense is a good offense. You know why? Because a good offense keeps the other offense sitting on the, on the sidelines because they're doing things, they're, they're working, and they're accomplishing. You know the way that you're a good offense? By doing things, by working, by accomplishing. So what my message is to you today, it's time for all of us to get a burning passion and a burning desire in our soul to be the witness that God has called us to be, to get off of our stool of do-nothing, to get off of our chair of backsliding, to get off of our, our high horse of complaining, and get in the kingdom of God and find a place to work and to do something for the kingdom of God. Stop producing die. Live a little while, be happy a little while, raise children a little while, stop producing and then you just move on and this is just a process of life. But this is not the process that the church should be taking on. This is not the mindset that the church of the living God, and I can tell right now, I'm going to give you all all warning. I'm not going to finish. I'm a long ways from being through, and I'm not going to try to finish today. But listen, give me just a few more minutes. Just give me about ten more minutes. I promise you, I'm going to wind this down. I'm going to find a place to stop. But this should not be the mindset. It should not be the way that the church thinks at all that we're going to maintain. Everything's good. I know I'm 
I make a lot of people nervous when I say this, but I want to tell you, this building is not all that God has for this church. Now, I hope, I hope, let me say this. I hope that God lets me tarry long enough and we have growth long enough that I can build the new building that's coming along. But some of you, oh, 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 oh my Lord, a note, oh, my Lord, we got everything that we need. No, no, no. You look on the outside of the church. There's a lot more on the outside than what's on the inside. Your children alone would be an overflow crowd in this congregation. So why don't we have a desire and a passion? I'm going to do something for God. I'm going to work for God. I'm going to move out. I'm going to be a witness. I, I, I don't know about you today, but, but every time, every time I go to a funeral, my mind is wondering... And lots of times I know that I have, I have come in contact with them and, and I'm, I'm saying, did I say the right thing that would entice them to come to the Lord? Because I want to tell you, I want to tell you now, truth is everything or truth is nothing. The Bible said that a man must be born again. It doesn't matter if it's my child. Doesn't matter if it's your child. A man must be born again of water and of spirit. The, the, the Bible still tells us that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It will also quicken that mortal body. So what is that spirit? That spirit is the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost is not on the inside of you, when you die, and on that great resurrection morning, if that spirit is not in you, there is nothing to resurrect you to go to be with Him. It's just that plain and simple. Now, do we believe that or not? If we believe that, when we read the obituary, our heart should cringe and say, God, did I do everything that I could? Amen. When we come in contact with our lost family, our heart should ache and say, God, help me to say the right thing. Help me, God, to do the right thing. When we go out into the city and to the workplace, God, help me to say the right thing. Amen. You don't have to be some religious fanatic nut. Amen. But I am. I'm a religious fanatic for Jesus Christ. Amen. All you've got to do is to be a light and a lost and a dying and a sickening world that we live in. But sometimes we got the impression that all you have to do to go to heaven is die. I'm telling you, everybody that dies, that the preacher says, oh, he was a good man. I heard one preacher that got up and said, he's not a church going tight. I never known him to go to church. But I was at the service station and he mentioned to me something about church. So I know that it was on his mind. So he's in a much better place today. We have made it so easy, but it doesn't matter what I say. I can get up here at your funeral and say, to my knowledge, this man done everything that he needed to do to go to heaven. 
So I believe that he's in a much better place. I can't put you there. God knows things about you that I will never know about you. This Bible has already judged us. Did you do what the Word of God said? The Bible still tells us when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? It says, repent. It said, be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You look through the book of Acts, it tells us the same thing. The apostles' doctrine is telling us the same thing. It's repentance, it's baptism in Jesus' name, and it's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere you read it in the Word of God, that's what it's telling us the New Testament plan of salvation is. Do we believe that or not? If we believe it like the Word of God teaches it, and like we say that we believe it, we should reach with everything and every Fiber that is within our body, in our spirit, and say, I can't stand to see somebody lost. I don't want to see anybody die lost. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I want to be the light that I should be. You know, I'm going to touch on this and then I'm going to quit if you come to the music. Not through. I might pick this back up tonight. I might not. But, you know, there, there's a saying that goes this, this way to some effect as this. Same effect, maybe a little different saying. I might not have it correctly. But when we get our eyes off of our problems... And off of how bad we have it. And we look right next to us. And we realize our problems are very little compared to what they're dealing with. That's the good thing about winning souls. That's the good thing about being a light. Sure, When I got into the church and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, there's people that still didn't like me. There's people that still don't like me to this day. I don't dwell on those people. Don't worry about those people. I want everybody to like me, but you know, it's impossible for everyone to like you. And when everybody's speaking well of you, you better be very careful. Read that in a book somewhere. But, but when, when, you know, when we get the Holy Ghost, it does not take away all the problems that we're going to face in life. And it doesn't promise us a life of happiness and bliss and wealth and prosperity. Although I think that God's good will is for His people to be in good health and prosper. And I believe that God wants to bless you, but He's got to know if He can trust you with the blessing before He gives you the blessing. Don't give me anything, God, that I can't handle, good or bad. So there's always going to be trouble. There's always going to be disappointments. But as I travel, I've had the opportunity 
I was I was coming through customs at in Honduras yesterday, and the woman was looking at my passport, and this is the second one that I've had, so some of the places that I've been is not even marked. She said, wow, you travel a lot, don't you? You've been to a lot of places. I said, well, yeah, I have, and uh, it's always good to get back home. But as I travel these places, and I look at our, and I, I look at, I look at what we struggle with. And I look at what these people are dealing with in life. And I look at those who are happy over there. You know what the ones that are happy over there? The ones that are doing the most for God. So what I want to encourage you to do today, if you're having trouble living for God and your joy source seems to have run a little bit low and, and you're not just, just feeling all frisky and serving God and the devil's telling you there's, there's no use. You might as well do something different. Let me encourage you today. Quit getting disconnected and get connected. Don't get away from the church and look at the church from a distance. But get all up inside the church. My daddy always said if they're having a penny march, get in the penny march. If they announce that they're going to be pushing pennies on the floor with their nose at the church, if they're doing that to the church, get at the church. If they're having a church working, get at the church. If they're having a church prayer meeting, get at the church. If they're having church outreach, get at the church. If they're having church recreation, get at the church. If they're having church, by all means, get at the church. Just Get in the church. You're going to get hurt. I look at these clowns that goes to bars. They get chairs broke over the top of their heads. They get thrown in jail. You know where they are next Saturday night? Back at the same place. They don't ever sit back and say, Somebody out there at that bar just don't like me. I ain't going back. No, you know why they going back? Because, man, they had a good time. I guess that's fun getting your head beat in. I don't know. I don't think I'd enjoy it too much. But you let some little old thing come up in the church. And the devil blows it all out of proportion. And the devil starts talking to your mind and your spirit and gets you off of your purpose. You were created for a purpose. And that's to be a light. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. But I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher to preach the gospel. You live the gospel and you are a light unto a lost and a dying and a sickening world. Get your focus back on God. People's going to let you down. But God will never let you down. People's going to hurt you, but God is going to help you. People will kick you when you're down, but God will pick you up when you're down. But you've got to get involved in the house of God and the work of God. Don't let opposition destroy you from being who God has called you to be and what God wants you to do. Be a Sunday school teacher. Drive a... Sunday school van. 
sweep the floor, knock a door, visit the elderly, write cards to the sick and the shut-in, leave a card when you're at a restaurant. You'll be surprised how much better you'd feel about yourself when you realize, I was a witness today. I did what God called me to do today. I'd done something for the kingdom of God today. And I took my ten minutes. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Let's all lift our hands toward heaven right now. God, help us in this house today. Help us in this service today. God, I know it's been a little bit different. But I feel like that I've obeyed you completely, God. I didn't get it all out, but I tried my best. I pray that you would do the work today. I pray, God, that you would talk to every heart, every individual. I want you to lift your hands toward heaven right now. I want you to just step out from where you're standing, make your way to this front, and say, God, I want to get back in the purpose that you have called me. I want to win a soul. I want to do a work for you. I want to be what you've called me to be, God. I say yes to your will, yes to your way. Oh, help me, God. You'll be surprised how great a walk you would find yourself having with God. When you get your mind in your, off of yourself and on to those who are in worse condition. I want to be a help, God. I want to be a light, God. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to be what you've called me to be, God. Why don't somebody reach out to Him right now? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, help us today. Help us today, God. Jesus' name. Jesus' name, I want you, God. I want to do your work, God. I want to do what you've called me to do, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you just make up your mind right now? I'm going to be a light to my family. I'm going to be a light to my children. I'm going to be a witness to my family. I'm going to be a witness at my work. I'm going to be a witness at my school. I'm going to let my light shine. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Right now, let's all lift our hands together and let's sing this song from our heart right now.